This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
we just got done doing a uh, Patreon video. Mm-hmm. And it is literally going to cover the last part of this show from last week where Kim and Nicole were jumping into the, into the chat to take care of things. And I was talking and it killed the vibe of the show. Yes, it did. I mean, Isaac said it best in the show, you know, or at that moment, I can't, I can't feel the love tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, and he was right about that Yeah. when it went down. So we literally recorded a, um, a Patreon exclusive. We did. And uh, we're going to give out the link to that video. Once it gets, goes up, we're going to give that link to three people. Yes, we're we part are. of the chat that night because we feel like they deserve to also see it. Yep. But again, this it's is the first four. time. There's four. four. It's four. Yeah. Okay. It's um, the thing is, is this is actually the first time ever we've actually had done, I mean, like Patreon videos before was pretty much me. And this is the first time ever with all three, you know, now we got three hosts. I mean, but this is the first time all the hosts have been on for a Patreon video, which is really cool of me. Yep. First I mean, of many to come. Exactly. Yes. And I would like to, to, to recognize Uvaldo. I love what he said um, in the chat. You know, we've had enough bad news out there. We need to be kind and love each other. Exactly. Yes. exactly. This what it's all about. Plus music. Yeah. Music. Well, music. Let's, let's go ahead. And I'll do my little show and tell with, with the girls on, on screen. Not that one. Good Lord. What? Kimberly. I love you and everything. Yeah, we started that one. Because, you know, Nicole has been all over the show in our Discord. Yes, she has. She's watched every episode. Me and Kim finally watched one episode. We talked about it. I can't believe I I am, like, so I'm all caught up 100%. You guys are only on episode one. And I'm like, oh, Well, yeah, well, I mean, we got sidetracked a lot and stuff. But uh, I went over to Barnes & Noble over the weekend and picked up a few. Well, went over to pick up one record and ended up coming home with three. Yes. And one of the ones I came home with was Daisy Jones and the Six, Aurora, yes. which is uh, Riley Kehoe stars in it and also sings on the album. Everyone that is involved in the uh, show plays instruments and also um, participates, mm-hmm. which oh, is freaking I, I awesome. I love that show. For those who have not watched or read Daisy Jones and the Six, I highly recommend that you do. The show is great. The book I'm almost finished with, and it's really good. Watch, read, listen to the music. It's great. It's great. It's wonderful. Yep. And yeah, I mean, we watched one episode and I mean, Kim looked at me and says, why'd you stop it? I've been like, I'm like, we agreed to watch. This. We agreed to watch one episode. Yes, we didn't agree to binge watch it one night. No, <laughs> I think we that ag- changes, Scott. <laughs> though, I mean, it's Daisy Jones and the Six. I know. I, I mean, and that thing is, is, and then also I picked up the digital copy of the book, so we're also going to read the book. Yes. So well, and this but, week is the final. Um, the final episodes will be aired on right. Prime. Yeah. Oh, so good. And then, so and then uh, I, I don't have it. I mean, if this is a sidebar, I could hit a button and go 94. <laughs> but I don't have a 94 button. But I also found. Jagged Little Pill. Right. Oh, I love on it. On LP. And 
again, I mean, obviously when it originally came out, it wasn't out on LP. It came out on cassette and cassette. And, but I remember getting it pretty early on after it came out. And I was like, mainly because of the song you, uh, you want to know, but I ended up listening to the whole album. I ended up loving that whole album. Mm-hmm. It's a good album. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, that uh, and Alanis then, Morissette is Jagged Little Pill. That is a yeah. wonderful album. It is. All right, Kim. All right. Because so, the other one's got to wait. Yeah, I know it does, because that goes in with the topic. And the girls Wow, you just gave it away. Really? <gasps> really? <laughs> Kimberly. Go, Kim, go! Kimberly, <laughs> Kimberly, guess what? Please, please, please get your shit together. I know. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to the chat. We have Kenny, Isaac, Luna Girl. We also have um, Dragon Buddy's been in there. And we have Ubaldo. Hickory. DJ. Wait, 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 wait. Rogue One. You guys said Ubaldo. You notice how she really went slow on that Ubaldo? Yay! Well, make sure she didn't go Ubaldi. Yes, that's why. (laughs) She was taking her time. So, yeah, DJ's in there from Rogue One Radio. And I believe I've covered everybody. That's enough. Well, welcome everybody to the chat and welcome to the show. But at this moment here, this is time. To... Oh, for me to show one more quick thing before I get kicked out. Cool. Yeah. You got something it's, to show. It's, not, it's a game though. Okay. okay. Hold on. Before you do, I'm actually going to remove us backstage. Let you have the. Oh, watch. really? I don't want, I want to see your faces. Oh, when okay. I talk about Cupid's butt shaft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> it's, it's right there. <laughs> this is where I need to have another camera just on camera. I can just pop me and cold down and put, put Kim in solo mode and they can just all watch Kim last. <laughs> oh, I, so this is like a Cards Against Humanity. But I, I, I like William Shakespeare, and it's called The Bards Dispense Profanity. Just like Cards Against Humanity. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> I love, though, that it's got other words, so it's it's going to teach me new vulgarity in all the, all the old ways, and I'm going to use it now. Might have to use that on my... Uh, on, on Dungeons and Dragons, which, by the way, you should oh, check God. out on Friday nights. Red Fives Tavern, Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is one of my, one one of my favorites things that I found in the past week. I thought that was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, trust me. yeah, yeah. If you had that on your bingo card, uh, make sure you let us know you got bingo. <laughs> Oh Lord! Oh, yeah, these are pretty. A uh, a uh, 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 lewd day bed. <laughs> oh, here we go. Delicate burthens of dildos. That is <laughs> All right, I got a feeling we need to have. Uh, Isaac, I- I'm going to tell you something. This is not new. <laughs> there it is. Isaac, call. This is not new. Not new. Um, 
anybody who who knows knows the real story behind uh, Scarif After Dark knows the original where the original concept came from. There I got to see the actual. <laughs> yeah, ears, Dad, ears. ears. <laughs> I'm innocent until. <laughs> He knows I'm not innocent. Aren't you guys all crazy? No. Oh no. Lord, please explain. The I mean, last at least one. this game. I. I mean. I mean. Uh, yeah. It's. Just, like, I gotta. Just... Uh, just oh. Okay. This is funny. I gotta read the side version. I'm sorry. This table is reserved for. And one of the uh, things says the loose encounters of levacious men. <laughs> Damn, I got I got a feeling we need to do a very late night <laughs> news episode and uh, call the sucker after dark. <laughs> hey, yo, Shanti, uh, you want all three of us to run? Nicole's got the cards. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Uh, Isaac. No, he needs earmuffs. He needs some cans that can turn him off. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Yeah, that's not what well, you spent it. Prime Kim, time. I think I think we we set this up pretty good for them. I think so. All right. Well, before you before you kick out, let me go ahead and welcome DB in, and I'm gonna leave you and DB to talk for a minute so we can get Kim out of here, and then I'll come back and we'll rock this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Well, anyways. Hey, DB. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Hello. I, Hello. I no, I mean, like you said, no, that if you had, you definitely did not have that on your bingo card for use and abuse. No, no, I was <laughs> did not think that was going to happen. I mean, thank you I mean, for keeping me on my toes. You're welcome. No problem. I mean, Anytime. I mean, you never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's skate pod night. Maybe. <laughs> right. Even. Oh, I mean, brings Shakespeare. <laughs> and nobody's expecting it. Nobody. Nope. <laughs> All right. <gasps> Look at Isaac. He's already seeing Isaac. I thought you liked us. All right. I'll be right back. And All right. We'll, we'll get this started. We'll, we'll, then we'll get Nicole out so she can go join the chat. But Nicole, have, have a little chat with DB for a minute. Oh, of course. <laughs> Hey, Rolando's in the chat. Hello, Rolando. What's up, everybody? I know. This is so much fun. I I, I hope everyone's enjoying the shenanigans that was added to tonight's fun. Right. I did a pod last week. I'm doing a pod tonight. It's crazy going back to doing a pod. Are you guys doing a pod tomorrow? No. We are coming back next week, and next week we'll start off. We're going to try to go back to our original format of every Wednesday. Sweet. So, that's, that's how about we take this moment? Do you, how, where can everyone find you and the other guys at ATSW Escape Pod? You can find us. Uh, we've got handles on all the social medias ATSW, the Escape Pod. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, dragon underscore bud with two D's. Um, also on Instagram, dragon underscore buddy. And you can find me on uh, TikTok too through all those links. Um, I make uh, a lot of Call of Duty TikToks, but Something, something catches my eye. I might turn it into a small video. Never know, and you yeah, really just never, never know what you're gonna get. You never know. Nor so. on Wednesday nights with ATSW Skate Pod. 
right, bio.link slash ATSW, the escape pod. One link to roll them all. <laughs> For those who don't know, we have an unofficial... Uh, Black octopus sitting on Grogu. Well, it's in the unofficial... Um, <laughs> fourth member of Use and Abuse named Alphaba, Miss Alfie. You know, on, on Friday nights, everyone gets to have Glinda, right? They get You're to have right. Chris Glinda makes her her appearance. But Alfie is like, she's like, Dan she's dang it, I cat. get Wednesday nights, you get Fridays. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. So she, she does like to make her appearance here and there. So, all right. What do you have coming up this week? Other than I know I'll be seeing you hopefully Friday night. Um, yep, Friday night you'll see. Uh, I'll be. I don't know. I might not be playing this Friday. It all depends. Um, I'll bring cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but uh, next week we're probably going to do some Star Wars. Um, we got a loose format, so we kind of hang out, talk about stuff. We give you a topic, and then y'all can place bets on when we're going to start the topic. So you never know. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Awesome. And yeah, we've been having fun on the Red Five Tavern, uh, slaying and world building and uh, going fun, fun Friday nights. Very cool. Okay, Scott, before yes. you me out, I've got one more set. Oh, God. It, but I got the set. So I grabbed a card uh -oh. on one side and I grabbed another card on the other side. And I think it'll be entertaining. Okay. Right. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me youth blasted with ecstasy. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's a disappointing Christmas. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I have to leave off on a high note here. <laughs> you guys get to have fun and I will be in the chat also having fun. Uh, and going to grab a, a, a drink. What are you guys going to be drinking tonight? Just curiosity. Before water. I grab me a glass of wine. What? I'm drinking water. We're doing suicidal tendencies. I got Pepsi. There you go. Okay, so then I now I'm curious. Before I, now I have one question. Now before I leave, you said I'm doing suicidal tendencies. So you have to have Pepsi. Why do you have to have Pepsi? <laughs> with the song that changed it all and kind of brought us together was uh, "Institutionalized" by Suicidal Tendencies. And uh, all I wanted was a Pepsi, Mom. Just yep. get me a Pepsi. <laughs> I learned something. Lyrics in the songs. Yep. All they wanted was a Pepsi. Well, cheers yep. to that. Cheers exactly. to that. All right. Well, I will kick myself out so these boys can take yeah. over. Trust me. And by the way, Girls' Night will be coming soon to you. So, all right. Peace out. See y'all in the yeah. chat. Exactly. So how's it going, brother? Oh, it's going, man. Going. So I know I, I know Kim kind of teased it, so I'm gonna go ahead and finish it off. So the last and third record, obviously, I got was nice. And it's on colored vinyl, but I didn't care. It was released by Frontier again, so at least it's off the original masters. Right. And so it's not been screwed with. That's good. But <laughs> original yeah. tracks are good, man. Exactly, exactly. That's a solid LP. It is, it is, which is kind of ironic because I didn't, I fell out of suicide tendencies for a while. I got back into them uh, around, what was it, Lights, oh shit. Mainly Lights, Camera Revolution. Yeah, that one, because the song, um, Send Me Your Money. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I love that damn music video. Oh, 
they had so they had a knack for some videos that were just i mean you know, starting off with institutionalized um for me seeing that i didn't have mtv until 86 so it was catching reruns of that um right. and then lights camera revolution was the well i would say that's the quintessential one for me was they really hit mainstream um you know full full throttle for a thrash band yeah i for me i know it was around 85 and 84 85 when i got uh their first ta- got, got on cassette um mm-hmm. our local drugstore and of course i grew we grew up in a small town small backwoods town so they were always you know we didn't have mtv on cable i mean right we didn't they didn't get mtv in that small town until 98 yeah that's how that's so, like where kelly grew up you know so we, you know i miss i mean as far as headbanger's ball got when i knew about it i would give videotapes to friends who had satellite oh, right and like please record me and then they'd bring it right. to school on monday i would spend the rest of the week watching it and give that tape back on friday so i get the next up you know the next right. show you know what i mean so you know i know of course i know who ricky rackman is and you know what i mean but for me, I got it, and I'm like, this looks interesting. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> these dudes are, I mean, they're literally hanging upside down in a, right. <laughs> on the monkey bars and stuff, right? And I'm like, well, that looks cool. And so I get it, and I'm just slowly getting into the hard rock because, I mean, the year before, in, in 83 is when I first heard, like, Quiet Riot. Right. So I'm starting to but finally kind of getting this hard rock edge. And now I'm getting into these thrash without even realizing it, you know? And I mean, yeah. I, and I know they call them more of a crossover thrash band. Yeah. Crossover. Thr- and I think they, they, they stuck to, you can see, you can feel the punk roots to it. Right. Um, but as far as being a full crossover, they're, they're more thrash than anything, but they are a unique thrash. Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and that's one thing I, I was thinking too when I was listening to it today. I'm like, oh, well, now I know where I got my punk influence. Mm-hmm. You know, my punk influence came from listening to Suicidal Tendencies because, I mean, I listened to, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, you get to, I shot the devil, which they had to change the name of it because the, rec, you know, the, or the FBI, they were on the <laughs> list because it literally is, I shot Reagan. Right. You know, it's like, dang, you know, but I mean, I remember hearing that and going, wow. And then the song, besides like institutionalized, the two other songs that stuck with me hard were I Saw Your Mommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Fascist Pig. Those are like the ones that's like, for me, it's like, wow. And yeah. they kind of shaped me differently at, at that point. And, but yeah, I mean, and then a buddy of mine got joined the army when they came, when, when, when they came out or right, you know, or someone's in the, when he finally saw it. So I had the first one. He got joined right. the army. And I'm listening to this going, okay. You know, yeah, this is good. But when I was listening back to it again, get prepared for the show, yeah. I'm listening to it going, wow, it's got a lot of motorhead, motorhead feel to it. It's got yeah. a lot of Lemmy vibe in that in the in the in in Mike's scene. Right. You know, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny. I, I was just looking here, like uh, their style and influence, and literally it says punk rock, speed metal, hardcore punk, surf music, heavy metal, funk, and reggae. Right. I mean, it was a band that Mike uh, Mike Muir 
wanted to just have a party band and Mm -hmm. it was going to be a party and it got bigger than I think he ever probably thought it would be. Um, especially with the attitudes that they have, that was like the, the, the selling point for me being young. I mean, oh, yeah. <clears throat> we're talking, I was exposed to metal. at like, I would say seven, eight years old because I had an older friend down the block that we'd hang out all the time. He was in a quiet riot and, and everything else. So, um, coming across suicidal, it was, um, I don't know. Let's say it was a, it was different. It was strange, and for him to put together what he's put together through all this time, one thing he should be known for is finding absolute spectacular talent oh, yeah. and bringing them into his band, and them either coming from. I mean, he had the freaking he had the drummer from Slayer, a founding member of Slayer, join his band. You know, yeah. so um to to the point where now like guys. Uh, I think uh, the drummer for Avenged Sevenfold is a former member yes. of uh, Suicidal. You've got obviously uh, uh, Robert Trujillo. Rob Trujillo with uh, he's part of Metallica now, yeah, um, right? So uh, it's uh, yeah, Mike Muir being solid through all of this, uh, and of course uh, Rocky George. I mean, you cannot. He is he is a guitar player that is very underrated for his style of talent. Um, I mean, he can play classical. He can play jazz. I think he's in Fishbone now, I think, is the band he's in. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, um, such pure talent to be able to get together. Right, uh, exactly. Um, One thing they also uh, point out here, uh, critics had described suicidal tendencies as the godfathers of the Toronto crossover thrash, which they had been credited for creating along with Texas-based band TRI, and New York-based band Stormtroopers of Death. Right. And I'm, just, I'm just smiling at those going, wow, I was into all three of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, I remember, like, because I, I was thinking, like, I got suicidal, but then a buddy of mine got DRI, which stands for Dirty Rod Imbeciles, and then another buddy of ours got Stormtroopers of Death, and of course, I see the term Stormtrooper, I'm like, whoa, hello, Star Wars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool already. I don't even listen to yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm with them already, you know. And <laughs> right. then um, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, the singer of Stormtroopers of Death. He goes on and then creates another band, M.O.D. Yeah. You know, Method of Destruction. And their first M.O.D. for the USA, I mean, that's got some hilarious freaking songs on it, too. Right. You know, but I mean, uh, Suicidal don't really, I mean, I don't, like, Suicidal, their songs are, are maybe meant, some were meant for fun, but I mean. They, they they speak there's a lot to, you can pick up a lot especially the spoken word um that they they're known for with like breaking in in song where little snippets where it's like yeah i feel like shit i'd rather feel like shit than be full of shit you know right. and all these little you know these little idioms these little things that he would he says throughout his songs that are really i don't i don't care what you all think it doesn't matter what you think and, you know, I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't like that, well, then get out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and I mean, that's like for me, you know, when I was listening back to even the albums I hadn't heard, even the ones in the 80s, I'm like, man, I can't, you know, a lot of bands you can go, oh, yeah, that's filler, that's filler, that sucks, that completely sucks. And it's like, I'm listening to these going, I really don't, I don't feel fillers. I don't feel 
like something was just thrown together. It's like there's there's genius behind every one of these songs. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't know how many demos they I mean, because a lot of bands, you know, they go in with 50, 60 songs for a, a record for one album and they right. pick the best 10 for that record. And then it's like they never touched the other ones again. And, you know, I don't, I wasn't able to find any articles on Mike talking whether or not, you know, how many they would go in with. But, damn, I mean, I like I said, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to them again today, and it's just like, man, I'm not feeling anything where it's got giving me that, that like, oh, yeah, we just threw this fucker on here for no reason. Right. You know. Well, send me your money. That was that was in their playlist for five years before it came out on an album. Um, it, it's just one of those songs that they always played. And it, it was, uh, it had lasted that long before, you know, the main public got to hear it. Unless you heard them live, you didn't hear that song until, I think, what, 1990? Yeah, so, 1990, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's crazy that that's, that's what's been in their library, you know, for as long as it is before they kind of released it. And right. you get that in a lot of the later years, like reading, leading up to, you know, um, now that they're still out there um, playing, uh, which is hilarious because they're playing with uh, Robert Trujillo's son as <laughs> their bass player, <laughs> which is wild in itself. Um, but they do a lot of compendiums that bring back songs that are from their days of, you know, playing these set lists and, or B side songs. Yeah. Um, and uh, listening to them, I, I said, we were going to do the show and my like, guy, ah, you know, I started throwing in some, I put in um, a couple albums. I had a uh, rebellion uh, lights, camera revolution. Uh, the, uh, how can I smile today when, or uh, how can I smile tomorrow uh, when I can't today? Um, I put all those in and some of those songs I haven't heard in 20 years and they come rushing back and it was it was a real feeling at the time it was this that thrash being something that was tangible um in the early 90s like it was really taking off and to have all of these bands i mean if you think about uh these bands to followed up with it you had these crossovers happening with anthrax jumping in with public enemy right that breaking genres and um I never saw suicidal or something like that. I just latched onto them and, you know, to find out that, you know, this is what their roots were, you know, how, how uh, a lot of bands followed suit because of what they did. So it was fun going down that memory lane of uh, listening to these songs that well, I still know the words 20 plus years later after, you know, hearing this. <laughs> That's what shocked me, especially on joining the army. I have not heard that since, you know, since my buddy, you know, in the in the late '80s, and just to sit there and also like, well, wait a minute, oh yeah, and then I'm, the lyrics are coming. I'm like, what? It's crazy, but it's like my mom. I mean, I, I always say like to tell this one. She always said if she could find a, somebody who could take all of my school notes and put them into a song, okay. I'd be a, I would be a straight A student, right? <laughs> because I didn't. I mean, this it just didn't. Like school didn't grab here, right? Damn lyrics did. Oh yeah, music. I don't know. I don't. I don't know a lot of different math because of um, you know holding on to Slayer lyrics and uh, you know <laughs> apparently yeah. suicidal tendency lyrics because the song came on. I'm like, wow! I have said that a hundred times since I've heard this song. The whole crazy. You wouldn't know crazy if Charles Manson was eating Fruit Loops on your front porch. 
And I heard it in a song today, and I'm like, holy crap, that's where that came from. <laughs> right. You know, and, and it's funny what we what we do grab onto, you know, not just lyrics, but even, you know, lines from movies, you know. I mean, there's constant, I mean, we all do. There, there's lines from movies where we just pop something. And oh, somebody yeah. goes, where have I heard that before? And you're like, this movie, you're like, oh, wow, not, you know. But they're just right. shocked, you know. But yeah, I mean, there's times where, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've done it with suicidal, just not realizing it. But I mean, I, I'll do it sometimes with freaking crew where right. I'll just pop off something or Kim will say something and, you know, I'll say, you know, something along the lines, well, my death list is under my crucifix. Right. Which, <laughs> which is in the song Wild Side, oh, yeah. you know, so it's like, you know, automatic and, but, you know, it's no big deal. What one thing I found interesting is the bands who say that suicidal actually influenced them. Right. And it starts off including anthrax. Right. Biohazard. Body count. Now who remembers body count from the nineties? Oh. Ice T's metal band. Saw them. <laughs> we oh. got to see body count. <laughs> so I bought I did buy their first album, bought Cop Killer. Right. That's what it's titled. <laughs> I mean, right. it doesn't say it nowadays, but it did then. Yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> before I, the BMRC and the explicit lyrics, and right. And then the first crossover that then I truly latched on Anthrax and um, Public Enemy. Right. I went in and I bought the tape, and I came out and I threw it in. And every time they cursed, I heard a bzz, like a bee buzzing, and I walked back into the music store and was like, "What the hell is this? Like it's it's got." B noises? Oh, oh, that's a censored version. The other versions, um, they're stickered. I can't sell them to you. You're not 18. Oh, wow. Are you serious, bro? <laughs> because, you know, I, again, all that was for was just a warning to parents. It never right. did this say... what your kids listening to. You know, it never did say cannot sell under, to the, un, under the age of 18. It just was a warning to your parents that, hey, this yeah. guy explicit lyrics. But you know what's funny is a lot of those people who owned record stores or even little side mom and pop shops where they're selling cassette tapes or, or even records, they would not sell to underage. Right. And I remember a bunch of my friends coming up to me and saying, Here, 20 bucks, go buy me the newest two live crew album. Right. Okay. I got no problem going buy two live crew. And the funny part was I was underage age 18 too, but you know, I'd grow the beard out and whatnot right. and the facial hair and you'd be like oh yeah you know i mean i could walk into in, in our small hometown which is funny because you know almost everybody knows each other right well when new people came in they started working at convenience stores well you know you can walk in and go buy that 12 pack right no questions <laughs> asked you know, yeah so i mean there's a little reason why i kept you know kept the facial hair going because like you know, i think i'm older i'll take this got your places <laughs> exactly Got you more places, but some of the other bands, um, Children of a Bo Bottom, yeah. Death by Stereo, Dub War, Green Day, Jane's Addiction, Incubus, Kill Switch, Kill Switch Engage, Corn, Limp Biscuit, Megadeth. I don't know why I got Megadeth on there. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Metallica, MXPX, Corn. All right, let's say Corn. NOFX, The Offspring, POD, Pantera. Papa Roach, Pennywise, Rage, Rage Against the Machine, Sepultura, Seven Dust, Skrillex, yeah, Skrillex, my bad, Slayer, 
Slipknot, Soulfly, Stained, System of a Down, Terra, and Hank Williams the Third. Right. <laughs> Which is like, wait, what? And then you start reading her biography and find out that, oh, Hank Williams, his son, loved suicidal tendencies. Oh, yeah. You metal know, so in general. And right. there's, there's some hardcore metal in there. The, you know, Soulfly and and such that, like, that's real true to, to thrash metal that are still out there killing it today. Right. Um, well, I mean, thrash metal, I mean, even, I mean, when it got to the 90s, I mean, if it wouldn't have been for Pantera, metal, heavy metal might have gone away. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mean, it's, 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 you know what it is, is Rocky George being part of it, the, um, you know, Dimebag Daryl, the, the guitars of the early 90s breaking away from, you know, where metal seemed to be going, where rock seemed to be going, right. and needing to, and bringing that harder, that harder feel into more mainstream. It was that that flooding. That's why gatekeeping when it comes to metal is ridiculous because metal has branched out so differently through the years in order to bring more people to it. Um, And suicidal being truly one of these pioneers of of crossover um, into thrash metal that that was mainstream thrash metal. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, besides suicidal, I mean, I was into Exodus. I would you know, got into early Metallica mm. and got into Megadeth. And, you know, I mean, these guys were, for me, you know, yeah, I loved, I mean, I, now they call it the hair, hair metal, but the hard rock of the 80s, these guys were a breath of fresh air to that bubblegum, some of that bubblegum stuff that was coming out by <laughs> yeah. Bon Jovi, Poison. The boy uh, bands of the, the 90s. Right. Uh, Right. But listen, you know, I know all the words. I, I'm a very eclectic listener, and sometimes I hate right. the fact that I can sing some songs, and right. that I find obviously I find some enjoyment in them. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I mean, I, at I the same it. time, like I was more into the heavier side. I I had friends that had pointed me into rock and metal mid '80s um, when I was very young. Like I said, seven, eight, nine years old already making the switch to metal. So um, I've listened to it for, for a while. <laughs> yeah. My, my first actual rock album uh, was given to me by, I think it was for a birthday by my, uh, by an uncle and it was Bachman Turner overdrive. It was actually their second record. Oh, wow. And that got me, you know I mean? In a way it, it understood, it made me understand later in life why I liked like Leonard Skinner because they're all part of that southern oh, yeah. rock you know and then as i get into the 80s like we moved back to nevada and i start hanging out with you know like some meat somebody's a lot older than me he's got a lot of cassettes and you know he's got motley's shout the devil and i'm like right. dude and i'm looking at it, he's playing for me like oh this sounds cool and then i look at the album cover and go who are these chicks right <laughs> he's like oh those are all guys i'm like excuse me you're yeah. guys why they got makeup on? Why they wearing earrings? Long hair, earrings. I mean, it's like I'm confused. Welcome you know. to glam rock. Right, right. You know, because like for me, I had seen Kiss meets the Family of the Park on on TV in the seventies, but I thought Kiss was a actors. You know, right, they were musicians. I thought they were yep. actors. They're on TV. Right. So, <laughs> so it wasn't computing that. Oh, this is a rock band. 
you know, so yeah. yeah, but, and again, I mean, that's why, you know, I think that's why I gravitated to so much more music. One, my parents, you know, I mean, again, it starts with them, what they let me listen to as a child, you know, it was from Elvis, Johnny Cash, Beach Boys, you know, it was all, all this different stuff. My dad listened to uh, Steppenwolf and Credence and yeah. stuff. It was like, wow. You know, so I was literally just being, hearing a lot of this different music plus you know disco was out when i was growing up right so i was getting into that and and of course elvis was still around and whatnot but and it just shaped me for the 80s when i was going to eventually become a teenager and get into all this different type of music and the thing was is i didn't just stop it you know hair bands and 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 straight up heavy metal or thrash i mean i got into the early days of rap and I got right. into everything that was out there. I mean, Falco. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to go, you like Falco? Well, I love Falco. Rock Me Amadeus. <laughs> I mean, you know, besides Rock Me I mean, you know, Jenny and a couple of other songs off that album, like, wow, these are really good, good, are really good um, uh, songs on here. But it was right. one of those things. Ah, speaking of my DRI brother, <laughs> CC. <laughs> He, he he's got a band. It, um, actually, the uh, damn it, CC throw your band name in the in the uh, chat. But they got some videos up on YouTube. I need to pimp them out, promote nice. them really hard. But they get, I mean, he's a drummer. I mean, this dude here. I mean, he he moved in, came to Battle Mountain, and man, me and him just clicked right away. We we're nice. all in band. You know, I played trumpet. He played the drums. And the thing was, is when he would play drums, and I was like. We would get the, like living on a prayer, right? He right. just like straight up would no, I'm not playing with written on this sheet music. I'm playing the way Bon Jovi wrote it, <laughs> right? And I'm gonna tell this story because this was freaking hilarious. We go to this thing called Mass Man. We're all together, all these different schools. These little punks come up and say, he, they hear Chris, Chris talking about how he's uh, loves Motley Crue and loves Tommy Lee. Well, you right. can't play Red Hot. Oh, really? Well, we, we only got single bass drum, you know, from our school, so we decided to take another school's drum set, combine the two drums, give you, the, you know, the two kids, and he sits down and fucking plays red hot, beat for beat, no, I'm like, yeah. Nice. And they're, and they're just watching their fucking mouths drop was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, he, he got uh, DRI. Um, we, we were, yeah, we were, we were, God, we were, we were bad. <laughs> I gotta have him on so we can we one of these times so we can do the uh we can uh talk about how bad we were back in the day. Bluestone revival, that's what it is. Thank you, dude. But yeah, they just got done recording a uh, uh demo album and oh, I like awesome. it. I really do like it. It's really I good. Yeah. But anyways, back to suicidal tendencies. Oh gosh. But yeah, funny. you know, like you said, you know, you, you drink on Pepsi tonight because of this. I mean, but, you know, the video was over the top. Um, it had been out for a little bit when I finally saw it, but uh, definitely over the top with uh, some actual, uh, I can't remember her name, but she, to me, she's one of the queens of horror um, that uh, she played the mother in the, the video, uh, Institutionalized. She was always like a, a B-rated actress in horror movies. Uh, I'll have to look that one up. I can't think of her. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Well, like I'll be talking, I'll be talking to Kim about horror flicks or something, and then 
we'll be talking and she'll say something about Nightmare on Elm Street because she really hasn't watched it a lot with me and she'll say something and I'm right. like, oh yeah, um, but it was this dude's first movie. Um, 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 oh fuck, what the hell is this goddamn name? And then I start going, you know, uh, Edward Scissorhands, uh, he played some pirate dude and I'm just like, right. I can't, you know, he was in Sleepy Hollow. She's like, oh, Johnny Devil, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, Maria Warnov. Um, she was in uh, a lot of the the, the slasher movies: uh, Death Race, Silent Bloody Night, um, all the way. Warlock is the main one Warlock. I remember her from the original Warlock movie, which I haven't seen that in years. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> slasher flicks are freaking awesome. You know, I mean. A lot of them I can't watch anymore due to the fact that I got Kim. So I mean, she 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 will dream about it all the time. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, have that rule here: like, don't watch them while I'm asleep right. on the TV because then I wake up and you're asleep and I've had messed up dreams because whatever the hell it is you were watching. In fact, what the hell was that? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm notorious for putting on something ridiculously stupid. And oh, watching yeah. it, <laughs> and well, it either mean, keeps me entertained or I fall asleep. <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, that's what the good thing about those slash flicks is like that. That either they're really good or they're really stupid. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, my my biggest thing is you know it depends on how far you take the slash flick to the core. You know, can can you recreate the part of Johnny Depp shooting three thousand gallons of blood out of his bed? I mean, come on. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Show me that, maybe I might might give you. No, I mean, you know, and that's the one thing about those, you know, movies back, especially in the eighties. It was all about the blood and gore. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a point to scariness, but it was more about the blood and gore, and that's you know. So when you know things kind of changed in the nineties, where you know, I mean, you know, when speaking of Wes Craven, you know, came out with Scream, we're like, right? Where's the blood, dude? Right. I'm like watching this going. Uh, you all got yeah. hit. When you get stuck with a knife, you're yeah, right. But, <laughs> That's I mean, what the '80s taught us, <laughs> right? Exactly. But I mean, the thing was, is I enjoyed the story. But you know, I mean, I did enjoy the story, so I ended up liking them. But yeah, for me, it was like, well, okay, so we've gone hardly any blood nowadays. Got it. <laughs> I understand now. But anyways, yeah. But yeah, the original band formed in 1980 as a punk band first in Venice, California, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Uh, the original lineup of the band consisted of Mike Muir on vocals, Mike Ball on guitar, Carlos Egbert on drums, and Mike Dunnigan on bass, which is like, wow, you know, but um, Dunnigan was replaced by, uh, or I'm sorry, Carlos Egbert left the band and was replaced by right. Dunnigan's brother, Sean. Um, and at the time, you're at the that time was a student at Santa Monica College. Right. <laughs> Originally only intended suicidal tendencies, like you said, as a party band, which is kind of like, all right, yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy you guys got away from it because holy crap. Oh, yeah. Well, they had a lot of controversy that followed them uh, oh, in those yeah. early days. I, right. I mean, well, well, it was thrash metal to begin with. So you had your mosh pits and right. mosh pits in the 80s, early 90s, they were. They were a sight to freaking behold. Like nowadays, don't get me wrong, good mosh. I'm a little old, too old to be jumping around in a mosh pit. 
but you know, I had my time and oh my probably why I'm so beat up in later years, but <laughs> um the mosh pits now they don't they don't feel the same as they did late like late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. You were you were in survival mode out there. <laughs> Me and a buddy, he was he was graduating eighth grade and then he was in the same class as my sister and Kim, the class of ninety four. And I had to have my mom, my mom had to be there pretty much in the beginning for me to be there because I was uh, a senior in high school. And these guys were going to be my freshmen. Right. I was just there for having fun. And the DJ threw up what he put on. I think he put on, uh, I shot Reagan. Oh, right. <laughs> or I, I shot the devils with the actual, what they titled it, but we all know right. what the song's title is. It's in right. the damn lyrics. But, uh, he threw that up, and me and him just started, like, fuck this, let's turn this into a, a mosh pit. <laughs> and we're and just slamming each other. I mean, teachers are like, what the hell are they doing? But only two doing it. Yeah, right. Everyone else is standing off to the side going, what the f- What is going they have, on? They have no, I mean, we're just starting on each side of it and just running hard as he, you know, as each other. God, that was a fucking night. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yep. then, of course, my, my knees and everything is now paying for it, but that's also because of football. So, I mean, football and then marching band and all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all, all that shit beat me up. Yeah, you ball though. Exactly. Definitely knees can I handle exactly, that. Yeah, yeah um, if, I'm going to, if I'm going to show like that, it's like, um, I'll take the seats right over there. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, well, like we did, which is, is funny because, uh, got links to suicidal tendency wise um we've got what the heck is his name um is it the no degrasso was i don't think he is now though um but several uh former band members went on to play with megadeth and uh speaking of like mosh pits we upgraded our seats to like the seats right before floor space so we can sit down and you guys do whatever you right. want to do over there. I mean, that's yeah, I get it, but yeah, I get it exactly. over there. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, because well, the main thing is, is, is we forget that we are older <laughs> because for some reason the mind does not realize that this body has gotten old and can't do what it used to do, and the mind's like, oh no, you can do this, you can do this. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go the next day, and after the, and afterwards, you're like, "Oh fuck!" Oh, yeah, and your mind's like, "You're right. You were right. You were yeah. right. You shouldn't have done it." Yeah, right. <laughs> oh gosh, but um, one thing that was also uh, back then, uh, they had a rough, a very rough start. Including being voted worst band and biggest assholes right. in Flipside in 1982, but the following year they were voted best new band. Yeah, not assholes. Right. <laughs> And or at least the asshole part was not in the deciding factors. <laughs> I've got a good sidebar from when I bought this order over at uh, um, over at uh, Barnes Noble. Yes, the other day because the cashier actually talked to me. Right, and he's like, "Oh yeah, they they came here to Yuma in what was it? Gosh, I think like eighty six, eighty seven. Oh wow! And one of their friends that they knew from LA had moved to Yuma, so they were just staying there." And they, this guy and a few of his buddies got to go hang out with them after the show at this guy's house. 
Oh, wow. He's like, you know, you think, you know, rock, you know, here these, you know, heavy metal rock star guys, you know, you're thinking, yeah, it's going to be one big ass party. No, we just sat around and talked. Right. I'm like, damn. I, First I, of all, that'd be cool to be there. Oh, right. I mean, just to hang out with like a band like that. I'm like, fuck, really? Man. I listened to a lot of Mike Muir interviews over the past couple of days, just kind of getting some background again on uh, the band. <clears throat> and he seemed the man's mind works in a very cool way um, that he can see through bullshit and he can almost philosophize in a, uh, in his own way, I guess you could say um, in a way that you can understand um, what he feels about things going on. So I can only imagine <clears throat> being able to go and hang out with those guys. Um, it sounds like it would be a, a something wild to, to be able to sit and pick their brains and, and just yeah, shoot right. shit. Exactly. Um, not to mention um, it's one of those bands that I did not get to see live. Um, so maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Right. Uh, there were many rumors of the band members as well as their friends and followers being involved with games especially Venice 13, a Mexican-American game in that area with Mira's trademark blue bandana. Yeah. And violence at the band's performances as evidence. <laughs> they didn't understand. Mosh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were, they were what banned from in LA for five years or something from playing in LA due to the supposed gang affiliation, which I guess Mike is always denied there was any affiliation, right. but well, when you look at the iconic iconography of what they were wearing, the, right, the, the stuff like that, pretty, pretty coincidental. <laughs> exactly, um, and actually, in the original lineup photo, which can be seen inside their self-titled debut album, drummer Avery Smith is wearing a flipped-up hat, and under the bill are the markings V13, thought to be right. the initials for Venice 13. Smith was not a member of V13, and the hat worn in the photo was borrowed from a V13 member, Steve Morat Mayoraga, brother of suicidal tendencies, bassist Luigi Mayoraga. Mayoraga, yeah. Eventually, another game sprang up, possibly named after the band, the Suicide Psychos, spelled C Y C O S, also known as the Suicidals um, or Suicide Boys, with chapters in Venice. Long Beach, Santa Monica, Orange County, Oceanside, San Diego, and San Antonio, Texas. And San Antonio. <laughs> what is it with Texas? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, being from, like, even where I was at in Nevada, I mean, the V13 would have never meant anything to me. I would have no. never known anything. And, I mean, even, like, uh, <laughs> I barely knew even in the 90s when Tupac, uh, All Eyes on Me came out, that he was throwing up, like, you know, a sign. I, barely yeah, I grew up rural East Coast, um, aware of East Coast, but right. not aware of East Coast, West Coast. Oh, God, right. Beef, um, the gang culture of uh, mostly West Coast that you saw, you know, on, on TV. Right. Well, um, I mean, our, I mean, most of us are really exposure to, to games in even on the west coast was the movie colors right you know i mean that's where i mean and ice t did the, the sound or the title track to that movie that was like okay there we go you know right i mean before that was really was like 
Yeah, I have no clue. I mean, you'd hear about it on the you know nightly news once in a while. Yeah, that's about it. And again, yeah. what kid is actually stand, sitting there while mom and dad got eight, you know the nightly news on? Yeah, none of us. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, dinner time was no TV. You sat down as a family, you ate, and then once once dinner was over, you know, if you had homework to go do, you could, went and did your homework. Yeah. Or you got to go in and I mean, or you went or for me, I went and listened to music. Right. You know, I mean, you know, it, it you know, even when, even when we had a ClecoVision, it wasn't like that was out in the main living room on the main TV. Right. So right. it was one of those things where mom and dad had to agree to have a yeah. game. They weren't watching anything. You could play. So you could play. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, today, you know, not nowadays, I mean, most of us all got our own gaming machines. We're all, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny because I mean, I tease Kim all the time because she got so stuck on that Disney Dreamlight game. Right. She's up till five, most of the time, five o'clock in the morning playing. And it, I laugh at it because of like, I remember being you. I remember like uh, the first time for me it was SimCity. Right. Sim, SimCity was that game that I couldn't stop playing. Wow. And, but, and of course, while I'm playing it, headphones on, listen to music. You know, oh, absolutely. You know, music so. ruled our, I, I, music ruled my life as a, as a kid. Uh, I was always seeing, I mean, I always had the, the classic Walkman, you know, with a cassette in, maybe another one or two in my pockets, but I didn't want to break the cases. So I was really careful on how many extras you would. Right. So you listen to usually whatever was in it, you listen to until you knew the lyrics. Yeah. And, you know, you had the case with, I always had the case with me because in the beginning times anyway, because you open it up and you knew all the words now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. Because, and, and then the thing was, it's like, okay, I don't want to break the cases of the cassette single so, or cassettes. And it's like, oh, oh, let me buy some TDKs or, or right. Memorex. Memorex. Right. <laughs> Is it live or Memorex? Yep. Wait a minute. I can make, I can record like two cassettes on one Memorex. Right. Wow. <laughs> Side one is suicidal I, tendencies. <laughs> oh, I don't know how many freaking albums I got. I mean, I still have them up over there where it literally says this band with this album and this band with this album. Like one right. of the first ones I ever did back then was uh, a, one friend had Wham! Make It Big. Right. It's the one that's got Wake Me Up Before You Go Go On It and uh, Careless Whisper. Mm -hmm. And another buddy had Purple Rain. And literally I got Wham! on one side, Purple Rain on the other side. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that's, you know, if you couldn't afford to go buy that cassette you know you had a buddy that had it or a friend that had it. you like record it for me right or you know i mean you know well, that was a funny thing with back in the day you know around this time was when you had um leading into napster and the uproar over napster metallica lars Ulrich, can't have my shark shaped swimming pool kind of right. attitude over it where my my look at that going through was are you in, like, who cares if we're getting songs off of Napster? Do you know how many albums I used with the, with the tape deck that I had, had a dubbing option to where I can hit record and play on, it's playing over here, it's recording over here. Once more, I could record, dub it at twice the speed 
and completely copy it over and then hand that tape back to my friend. And now I have the tape. Right. That had been going like I a lot of my collection were Memorex tapes. I mean, right. tons of them were sitting, sitting, listening to the radio at night and recording it like you're you're waiting for the top 10, the top 40 to come on because you know your songs in there and you're waiting for it so you can hit record right. and you hope Casey Kasem doesn't drag out a stupid freaking introduction into right. the damn song because I'm trying to record it here. <laughs> so like, you know, we've been, we've been napping music for a while now. Napster's exactly. not going to kill you, Lars. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know, bringing that up, I mean, like for us and then the small town or small town, we got the closest radio station was 53 miles away and it was freaking country. Right. Right. I like country music and stuff, but I'm not, you know, in my early years, you know, my, the middle of the eighties, I'm not looking for country. I'm wanting. Right. And so I'm listening. They literally, I had to wait for the sun to go down to get KFI out of LA <laughs> and sit there going, now play my song. Yeah. Play my song. Because, you know, you're not calling up the radio station saying, uh, can you play this song? Because if you did, Mom and dad would get the phone bill and say, Who the hell just calls fucking LA? Yeah, or you call it long distance? Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, and then of course, like you said, you know, you're waiting, and then all of a sudden the goddamn DJ, like, shut up. Yeah, shut the, the, whole, you, you, the whole point is the buildup of the song until it explodes. You right. stop talking at the explosion, dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it's like they knew, you know, they, it was like, like the record company sent them, okay, this beginning is a minute and a half long. Before the first lyric, and they talked at one twenty nine. Right, like really, <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yep. but yeah, and you know, I mean, again, you know, that's you know, every one of us that grew up in the eighties and nineties, it was because of our friends, you know, that we listened to different stuff, and then we got different stuff, and regardless, if it was suicidal or DRI or or you know, Pantera eventually, and and. <laughs> that you know and you're like i mean napster i mean my i, I mean i know we did an episode me you and uh Leonard, we did an episode on and kim <laughs> you know so i kind of forgot about kim she's Whoops. not here right now it's like man who's she in the chat she's fired <laughs> but um you know um but when we did that napster one you know it's like i was using napster to get stuff i had back in the 80s yeah. you know and and even some stuff back in the seventies and whatnot or stuff I knew I couldn't find no more because it was out of print. Right. You know, I mean that's one thing I noticed with suicidal is in the nineties they re-released uh they did an album where they went back and re-recorded all the original songs. Yeah. From the first album because Frontier had it, they couldn't reissue it. So they just went and re-recorded it. Yeah. That's where we got these com- these compendium type uh albums throughout the years where all of those older songs that we, that they did on tours, they did at their gigs, you know, early days. <clears throat> the, the the top song or two off of an album in their early years that, um, which was great because every time they did one, it was usually new members. I mean, you look at the members of Suicidal Tendencies and the list is oh gosh huge, yeah. Because there's been people in and out, but when you compare that to like I was going through looking at where they're going, um, you've got people that have been in it and then left to, to do something. And we were talking bands like um, with Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Erica Badu down to Lita Ford and Megadeth and Ozzy and um, 
the literal founder, uh, David Lombardo of, of Slayer, a, a founding member um, coming from Slayer to suicidal tendencies. Yeah. The list is huge with where these people went on to um, and continued their their work. So, uh, like I had said in the beginning, he had a he had a talent for bringing talent together. Yeah. And every time they put out a compendium, all the new people that he got together understood the sound. Um, yeah. And were able to kick the sound, which I think really turned a corner with Lights Camera Revolution, um, with bringing in Trujillo. Um, to play bass and getting that funk um th there's that layer of funk to it there's that layer of 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 just a groove and as well as being able to play the guitar or play the bass guitar with his fingers to yeah. where it's almost like a pick um the way oh, he yeah. can strike the, the, those strings so it he added a whole nother level of suicidal tendencies and then no wonder Mike Muir went off to and started Infectious Grooves with them, right. which was a more funk type band. Um, and uh, all of those, uh, all the people that he were were to bring together, had those styles somewhere. That that jazz style, that funk style, that thrash sound, and it was just it was just a really good mix of all of those um, all those elements. To truly, I, personally, I think they were a sound unto them to their own um yeah they're thrash yeah they could be crossover it, it hit me at a weird time in life where the lyrics meant a little more that you know, fuck you that you know that you know teen angst um feeling you know alone or feeling you know like like things are overwhelming it was this song to be able to let it out and right. uh, um, and it was and if you even look at like the the slower songs that they do nobody hears that's a great song. I love that song. I've listened to it a dozen times just in the last day or two. Because, um, but the rage that's inside, and if you watch the video, you would think it's a thrash. Without the music, you would think it's a thrash song, and it's not. It's a very slow song, but the rage inside is is you know moshing around, right. is is bouncing around. Um, so the, those layers really, it, it's it's a song, a sound unto its own, and uh, you know I really appreciate it. Uh, even more now being able to go back um, with the power of YouTube, yeah. you know, like I don't have to go dust through a collection somewhere that might be stored. I just like that. I had the album I had, you know, right. for years <laughs> that I can't find. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and one thing I think, you know, it can be pointed out. And I know, I know a lot of people try to say, Oh, well there, you know, like, especially with the first album, well, that one sounds a lot angry. It's like, guys, he has not lost the anger. Mm -mm. You know, the one thing, and that's one thing I love about Suicidal is the fact that Mike has not lost it. He right. still has it. And, but with bringing, like you said, you'll know, bring Robert on board, you know, brought that funk in and it changed. And that's the one thing I love about Suicidal is that you go listen to all those albums and like nothing sounds the same. Right. It's changing all the time. And I know a lot of people, you know, I mean, and for me, I'm, I'm one of those ones where like, and I'll go back to like Def Leppard and say, okay, after uh, Hysteria and then uh, Adrenalize came out, I stopped listening to them. Yeah. Because it yeah. was, it, they were becoming, in my opinion, ACDC. Right. But it was just the same boring sound over and over and over. Right. It's like, give me something fresh. And that's one thing, I, you know, probably why I did like what Crew did throughout their career because they did change their sound. 
They did right. do try different stuff. Yeah, not everyone liked it. Big, big deal. I love it because you know what? Yeah. You had the balls to sit there and say, we are not going to be stuck to this. We're going to try this. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, I mean, Suicidal for them, their uh, best-selling album was, our chart-topping album was uh, Art of Rebellion. Yeah. Like, released in June 30th, 92, hit 52 in the United States. Um, the only two albums actually that ever got any RIAA recognition was Controlled by Hatred, Feel Like Shit, Deja Vu, and Lights, Camera, Revolution, where they both received the gold standard, which is 500,000 500, copies sold. Right. But again, <laughs> a band like this is not about gold records, platinum records, number one sing- singles. They're about getting their message out. You know, and the thing was, is we were able to, you know, why, why is there more hate? You know, it feels like there's more hatred today. And maybe it's because bands aren't out there like this, where you can release that rage. You know, right. the thing was, the Z bands were, helped us release the rage. Yeah. You know, and that was the one thing I loved about Suicidal was, you know, I could release my rage, you know, put them on, and, you know, I'm head banging, <laughs> throwing arms, air drumming, whatever. Right. I'm losing my fucking mind listening to these bands. And yeah. I I love listening to them to, still today. Yeah. You know. I ranked them with a, a lot of the, the music I was into at the time, uh, early 90s would be, uh, you know, besides the metal and the and, and the, the chart toppers for metal and, and rock, there was a lot of like the darker tones that pre-emo, um, you know, the cure, uh, Depeche Mode, that, that darker melodic sense. And you feel a lot of that in, in suicidal tendencies. You can get that, that melodic tone, especially in once the Trujillo uh, joined in was because you got those deep resonating bass tones um, that can lock in. And uh, so they said it was a vibe back then of just, uh, you know, people look at you like, Oh, you know, listen to the lyrics, what you're, it's, it's not that I'm listening to this song and now I'm suicidal. It's you listen to knowing that the pain you might feel you're not alone. That's it. That's what's behind listening to that music most of the time is that connection. So um, that rage, that angst, that f you to society. That you know, the greatest moment of a Gen X is basically, "Fuck you! I don't do what you tell me." You know, um, and uh, it came from from bands like this that broke away and were probably fighting record labels um, because they wanted to do it his way. I love an interview where they were like, where people are like, I want to be like you. And you're, and he's just like, you know, who, you, like you fucking know who I am. You don't know who I am. You know, if you want to be like me, cause you think I'm a rock star, then you're wrong. I'm not a rock star. This is not what I wanted. You know, he's a, he's a very deep person when it comes to that, that, uh, um, like I said, it, it sets him apart for as a band. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, and, and that usually these guys that, don't want to be rock stars. They're the ones that when you meet them in person, you're really taken aback about how nice they are. Right. They're not that prick. They all, they'll sit down and have a beer with you. They'll sit down and chat with you. They'll sit down and have a Pepsi with you. You know, right. <laughs> you know and I, I've gotten to meet a few artists from the 80s over the years. And 
of the ones I've met, there's only a few I would put in that realm of, wow, this guy really does appreciate the fact that, you know, they want to talk to you. They don't want, they, they're not stub nose or whatnot. Right. And I, and I bring this up, um, me and Kim's late sister, we went to a show in Reno in 2005. That summer, it was called the Rock Never Stops Tour. And there was like Firehouse, Quiet Riot, Rat, and Cinderella was headlining. Oh, nice. And after the show was over, we found out the bus drivers all had to take a snooze. So the bands were all sticking around. Quiet Riot was unapproachable. Oh, really? Kevin Kevin DeBro, all them were all unapproachable. It's like, wow, never thought of that. Never thought they were like that. Um, Warren DeMartini of Rat was very approachable. Right. But also for me in Rat was also John Karabi. Well, he replaced Vince Neil and Motley Crue. He right. was very approachable. We even chatted because I was wearing a Motley Crue shirt at the time. And when yeah. he wrote his autograph, he said, Crew, Crew rules. Right. You know, which nice. was pretty cool to me. And then I met, then we met Jeff Labar, the guitar player, R.I.P. Jeff of Cinderella, um, met Eric Brittenham. And then we were just out back. And I'm like, looking through the fence where the buses are. I'm like, that looks like Tom Kiefer. And all of a sudden, Tom and his the manager waved us through. Oh, right. Right to the back lot where all the buses were at. And just chit-chatted like, like we were all buddies and nothing big. You know, I mean, one thing for me was like, okay, I thought y'all guys, you guys were all this fucking tall, but you're all <laughs> the same height with me. What right. the hell? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's funny when you think about it because it's like, you know, you expect them to be, you know, I mean, you know, we put these guys all on a pedestal, but then yeah. you get to finally, you know, meet some of them and you're like, wow, you are really just down to earth. You don't act like a rock star. You are happy to meet the fans and, you know, and I enjoy that. And I've heard that a lot about Mike Muir too. You know, it's like he will, you know, chat with you. He's not, he, he's the one, you know, he's one that kind of would, hold the band up going to the next show, you know, getting on the bus or whatnot because he wants right. to talk with the fans. And yeah. that, and I enjoy that because, you know, while some guys, they try to be like that, but they sound standoff or they sound standoffish or like, Hey, I'm bragging because, Hey, because of you guys buying my albums, you guys bought me this car. You got me all this. Right. Yeah. You made me stuff. rich. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? And, and again, I understand where they're coming from on that. But at the same time, it sounds like a dick, yeah. you know. And and the one thing I've heard, like especially with Mike, and you know, even just talking to that guy over there, over at Barnes and Noble, just like, yeah, they just sat around. We just all chit chatted, and we didn't chit chat about music. We chit chatted about everything going on. You know, talked about gaming and, and you know, even early days of gaming. I'm like, fuck, you know, that'd been cool, right? But yeah, that's why I mean, we do. Uh, we've done. Concert. I love concert festivals um, because you can, it's the bang for your buck. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've gone to several, you know, shows with a headliner and, you know, the, the opening acts, um, most of which we've been lucky to catch lately that are big ones. Like the last one we just went to was uh, Five Finger Death Punch. We had Megadeth opening for them. We had the Who Band, which funny as hell, I've been listening to Mongolian metal for like five years now. I was all about these guys for years and like turning people on. Oh, you got to check this out. It's Mongolian throat metal, you know, like 
check this out, what this guy makes with the sound with his throat and uh, finally getting to see him. But so we'd hit these festivals because the chance of meeting um, these guys are, are there, you know, you have your meet and greets, which is funny because we had Kelly stood in line for um, a band just popped out of my head. Um, newer band guys were kind of dicks, like just, yeah, especially the lead singer, really, you know, just going through the motions yet. Wow. I had my, my youngest at the time, 10 on my shoulders, little rocker girl. And, uh, uh, we were by the sound break, the fence and trivia whole band coming up, came up and they saw my kid, 10 year old up on my shoulders, throwing some horns. And they were like, Poop, came right over signed CD over the fence. Right on. Bullshit him with them for a minute. While, while Kelly is waiting in line to go see these guys <laughs> asking Alexandria, that's, that's the name. Um, great band, love the sound, but kind of dicks. <laughs> so, uh, um, and another thing is walking by, you know, throwing horns up at the entire band of Cannibal Corpse, you know, nice. and they're cool as hell. Should you let a 10 year old listen to Cannibal Corpse? That's debatable. Um, probably not. You well, know, I mean, cool okay. <laughs> I mean, Hannah was well. She started listening to Motley Crue in the womb. So, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know, you know, it it's gonna happen. You know, right? You know, hey, listen, I have a Facebook post that comes up every once in a while as a memory from ten years ago when I walked past my kid's room, my youngest, and I hear to Danny, Wolfie, to Danny, Spect, Walk, are you talking to me? And I'm like, <laughs> Yes, I'm so proud. I'm yeah, so right. Proud. It's Ted going with Fantera, vulgar display. Oh, it's beautiful, <laughs> exactly. And that's like, you know, I, I laugh, like, you know, because especially like all of our parents, you know, when we were listening to metal, like, how can you guys listen to that crap? <laughs> you know, and our kids, you know, even when they play stuff, you're like, Oh, yeah, you know, I, oh, I can hear it, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like nothing my kid, my kids can play that will make me go, really? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and, but, you know, I mean, it's like me. I I would, I would never censor around my kids. I mean, it's like they're going to listen to music the way it was meant to be listened to. They're going to work. They're going to learn this crap at school anyways. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, and I'd rather them be somewhat prepared before they got into school. Yeah, I, I was never, we never really had that issue. I mean, like withholding, you know, making sure you don't say something around the kids or we're kind of open with it and, you know, open with the fact that this is vulgar language and, you know, we don't conduct ourselves like this. Right. You know, in certain situations, but, um, and I, our kids, I think my, I think LG was trying to get our oldest to swear when she was like 18 and it was like pulling teeth. Now the kid drops F-bombs like a sailor, but yeah. <laughs> at the same time, it was like, we never had an issue with that kind of stuff. Uh, right. My parents, you know, you could put all those explicit lyrics all over everything. Listening to like, oh my God, he's listening to something that says suicidal. He's got suicidal written on his book. You know, you would think if you go back and look at some of my paper bag book covers that I was going to kill myself. It, no, they were just band names um, that I put on. Um, right. My, my, that I colored in with a pencil, you know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that was like my mom. I mean, the first time she saw 
uh, my Hell Awaits album or cassette tape. She's like, what the hell is this? I'm like, I'm this thing in my mind, like, just don't pull the lyrics out. You might freak out some of those lyrics or, or, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, any of these groups because it's like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll give my mom credit at least about one thing, man. Uh, going to school one morning, listen to uh, Shout the Devil and uh, the track to your <laughs> love. Obviously, she's like, did that just say not a woman but a whore? I'm like, excuse me? Did it really? Rewind. Heard no. it rewind it real quick, let it play, turn it up a little louder, going, oh, damn, it did. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, was waiting, I was waiting for her to say, that is not going to be played in this house ever again. No, they never did. <laughs> Um, I, I know no. they were actually, I know she wasn't even, wasn't really proud or happy of the PMRC either. She's like, you know, you guys are going to, you're going you're gonna to hear worse at school than you're going to hear in music. Right. And I agree. Yeah. You know, and well, we grew up with that, the, the generation of suing the, the music for, you know, like, oh, they sang suicide. He, he, he told them, you know, take the rope. And it was like, some of the examples of, I know, right. We're kind of like, boy, are you reaching? Now, there's songs out there that literally say, you know, yeah. these things. And you chose some, you you chose these guys because right. of what lyric? They told you to what? Well, speaking of that is because, like, during my, you know, into my high school career, we had Judas Priest on trial in Reno. Right. Because a couple teenagers did, unfortunately, take their lives. And they were listening to a Judas Priest song. And then... I mean, like you said, they were, oh, you can hear here. This is what I said. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, you guys are getting, yeah, I mean, yeah, you just told these people what, it's, what supposedly it says. And you right. can kind of hear it, but, you know, or like, you know, Aussie Suicide Solution. You know, I mean, gosh, yeah, we, we grew up through an era of, oh, it says this. Sue the man, sue the artist, sue the record company. Right. Yeah, you know, it, it was, and you know, it's, you look at it now where we've come to um, and the access to, I mean, we came from being able to have somewhere to buy something. If you lived in the middle of nowhere, you had to hope you went to civilization that had a Spencer's or had a, you know, um, an FYE or, or something entertainment wise in order to keep you connected. Um, Cause I lived, you know, somewhat rural. We're not too far from, from a big city. But we're rural. So, you know, uh, it was, I lucked out with the town next to me having a major music store. It was a privately owned, you know, record store, literal record store. You walked in and there were records <laughs> and, uh, and cassettes and, and whatnot. And I had that access, but yet a friend that lived 45 minutes from me or so, you know, it's, it's an hour ride just to get to that store. Um, right for some people. So it, it's a, yeah, it was a strange time to where now you have access to everything right. like that. Like I said, we're going to talk about suicidal tendencies. I throw it in, just type it into suicidal tendencies band. So that way you don't get the 1-800 number that pops right. up on Google right. just to make sure, which, which is a cool thing. Yes. Um, definitely cool too. But that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and, uh, be able to listen to four documentaries and six of their, their top songs are, are the first list that's right there. And you have them at the touch of your fingertips. It's almost like cheating. Right. 
we would like, in know, order to get this information back in our day, we didn't get this information back in our day. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, you you know, you went, you you hoped your local, especially being a rural area, you hoped one of your local stores carried maybe a hit parader or rip or circus, um, circus <laughs> or or metal edge. You mm-hmm. hoped and, and luckily those ones I, I actually did get in our small town, which thank God I did. Because then I <laughs> was getting exposed more to not only my favorite artists, but also all these other bands where, you know, sometimes they would talk about this new artist and like, <clears throat> who's this? I like yeah. the name. Oh, I like the way their album cover looks. I want this album, you know. Right. And but again, you know, like for us, I mean, like for me and Kim, it was like 73 miles. I wouldn't even call it a decent record store. I mean, it was a, a small mom and pop place. They didn't really do much. 53 miles didn't have nothing. The other way didn't have much. Literally, you had to go four hours to Salt Lake City in the east or oh, four hours to the west to Reno to find right. Tower Records, Sam Goody. You know, right. all these places where, yeah, you're going to go, I'm in heaven. Yeah, look at all of this I, music. Did I, <laughs> you know, I mean, the first time I ever walked into a Tower Records, I'm like, did I die? Right. <laughs> Is this heaven? Because there's a lot of music here. Yeah, when you like, type it in iTunes, that list, yeah. that list were walls. I know. <laughs> walls of music. <laughs> you know, you know, new releases here, or, you know, all this different, you know, like, oh my gosh. I remember first time walking with one with my parents and I'm over there going, this, this. I ended with this like stack of cassettes and they look at me and said, Who's paying for that? Right. You are. No. <laughs> You're allowed one. Right. One. Uh, Damn. One. <laughs> and then it's like, um, which one do I want the most? You know, right. and it's like, damn. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like I was, you know, like we were talking earlier uh, backstage, you know, and I was talking about, you know, buying records and stuff, you know, going over. I went for one record. I went to purchase this one. Right. <laughs> I came home with three. <laughs> Oops. Said well, so it's okay. Because Scott cannot buy just music for me is like Pringles for everyone else. Right. You, know, <laughs> you can't just get one. You can't just buy one. Yeah, that's that's pops in our house. A Funko Pop. <laughs> if you buy a Funko Pop, you usually end up buying one. So I, I'm proud of myself. For the last one that I got, because I only bought the one, the uh, Mr. Gruberson. Oh, so we got Paul Rudd in um, from uh, Afterlife, Ghostbusters. Nice. nice. Um, I bought this, and I only bought one, which is uh, kind of funny. Yeah, you bought all the posters, music blasting, exactly. <laughs> My camera's being a dick now. <laughs> 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 Damn you, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd ruined it. <laughs> oh, so, but yeah, um, but mean, yeah, it's uh, suicidal tendencies coming out when they did uh, was it, it's what really pushed me towards the, the heavier thrash metal, the the Slayers, the um, to that that harder side. It right. was a, it was a gateway to it. Exactly, and that's that's the truth. I mean. They did. They they gave us that, you know, I mean, like I said, I mentioned earlier, you know, because of them, you know, I did listen, you know, get into Metallica, got into, um, you know, uh, Megadeth, got into 
metal church got into Exodus Testament, you know, right. and then also at the same time, well, wait a minute, you know, again, I mentioned earlier, uh, my buddy CC Sticks was in the chat, you know, he got DRI's first album, and man, we played the living hell out of that, you know, right. and then I think he actually got to join the army, and it was like, damn, you know, it was like, and of course, it was one of those things where you lived in a small town, and they get one copy in. Right. And whoever got to it first is the one that got it. Yeah. Well, unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize you can actually go in there and beg them to order something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I find I found that out later when I went in, you know, after I learned of uh after Appetite for Destruction came out in 87, I learned that they had a previous album called Live Like a Suicide. I went, ooh, I gotta yeah. get this. Right. And I go in there and I'm like, can you guys order stuff? Yeah, we can. What are you looking for? You I'm can. like, this. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, I got I'm a cheater now. I've got a job. Oh, right. Spend yeah. the money. Spend money. <laughs> no, no point of going, Missy, I need a save for this, this, and the new, new, new albums. And, right. you know, I had them look up live like a suicide. Like, oh, well, it, it's only on vinyl. Oh, okay, never mind. Right. <laughs> Today, yeah, Scott, right. Man, you don't fucking. I think, you know, what's funny is the uh, Lights, Camera, Revolution was one of those albums that I asked them to to stock in our local record store because I heard them on, I had heard Institutionalized, I had heard um, their previous album, um, If I Can't Smile Today or Can't Laugh Today. Um, and it was, it was something really cool. So when I first heard, was it a... Um, uh, you can't keep me. You can't bring me down. Um, was their their first release signal single off of it with a video on MTV? I was like, I need this. I need this right. this tape. I need this cassette. You know, the ten dollars plus tax is going to go to this cassette. <laughs> and um, I, I believe it was one of the first ones that I I had asked them to stock for me, nice. um, so I could get it. But when I it was the same thing with me, where it was like, oh man, you know. Was looking for this, but you guys don't carry it. You know, it's uh, I heard it on Headbangers Hall, and they were like, "Well, what is it?" You know, it's like, "Oh, Caius," or it's you know something like this. And oh yeah, like, yeah, I can get it uh, next week. And it was one of those like, <gasps> "Yeah, really, <laughs> you are my connection <laughs> to music." Yeah, I like yeah. priding myself on on bouncing around to stuff that nobody else was really listening to. Right. So if it was hard, I went harder. If it had a groove, I went with a completely different, you know, sound to it. That uh, tried to always have something where people would be like, "What the hell is that?" What yeah, right. To? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, a lot of friends of mine, people that got to know me when they, you know, they they'd see me in school, you know, and I've got the jean jacket on, and you know, unfortunately because my parents, I had to pretty much had the damn mullet, but right. you know, as, especially when we got like sophomore, junior, and senior year, you know, I'm not bring earrings in my in my ear and and you know a lot of people when they, they got to know me they're like they go look through my cassettes or even as I started getting CDs like wait a minute I thought you were just metalhead. Right. I'm like, no, I like everything. I mean I bring the metal to the forefront, yes. Right. <laughs> you know, that's mainly who all my friends, I mean there's only a few friends, there's those close friends that knew me. And everyone else just thought I was this metalhead. Yeah. You know, and that's how I left it. I didn't let anybody really into that inner circle. Right. You know, you know I mean, not like we do. I mean, 
nowadays, you know, 50, 51 years old, going to be 52 later this year. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll show you my inner circle. You know, <laughs> friggin', you know, I listen to everything from John Williams all the way to friggin' Morbid Angel. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's, it's, you have to be that way. I think, it, you know, it, it's funny that people can look at, at this type of metal and, and, you know, shake their heads, but they're, it's rooted in so much that, uh, that there's a lot of bands today that will credit, they have nothing to do with metal, but will credit metal artists as bringing them out for a certain sound or, or a certain feel or a certain attitude to have. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's not for everybody, but you know, yeah. it's, it's played its part for, for everybody. It has, right. its, it has its place. I mean, and you know, like we were talking with Suicide Tendencies, I mean, their last album was still Psycho Punk after all these years, released September 7th, 2018. Right. And on their website, they are talking, or from what I understand, it sounds like they're about ready to release another new album. That's what it sounds like. Is what I know they're hyping a tour that's coming. Yeah. Um, so, they've got some gigs planned out. Uh, so it's, and like I said, I'm, I'm looking like looking at the list of members of the band and I, it's a lot right. longer than I thought it was. And then who's playing currently. And it was like Ty Trujillo and I'm going, Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's his son. And I know this because when Fieldy from Corn um, had a relapse or something needed to take some time. Um, Rob's kid jumped in and played bass for Corn. Right, and now he's the basis for suicidal tendencies, which is right. uh, is hilarious. That uh, and the kid's good. I mean, I, I've oh seen him God, play man. live. If, if you're gonna have some, I think he's 15 or 16 yeah. right now. Um, I saw him play. What he was 13 or 14 playing for Corn, and geez, yeah, I'm. Your father definitely played bass, right? <laughs> and you are definitely your father's son, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen. I saw some of those shows that, you know, I was on YouTube with him playing corn. I'm like, fuck. Damn, dude. Kid thrashes it. <laughs> he does. He does. And, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is like, yeah, I think I remember the name Robert Trujillo, but it wasn't until he got into Metago. I'm like, oh, yeah. Why does he look familiar to me? I yeah. don't know why. And I just keep looking. I'm going, he looks familiar. Where have I seen this guy before? And then, you know, nowadays, like you said, you know, now we have where we can look scenes up, you know, we can look at Wikipedia, you can look everything up. And I was like, right. oh, well, he played in Suicide Tennessee's or in this. Oh, yeah. That's right. Got it. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, I mean, I, back in the day, it was like, if it wasn't mentioned in a metal mag or any or magazine. it was a specialty. I had a thing for, for bass playing, um, Lemmy from Motorhead. Right. To be able to sing and play the bass like he does and um, and then moving on to other bass players, there's tons of them. Fieldy being one, Robert Trujillo. He was that sound, that deep groove that he had. Right. A, little, a little flavor of funk, a little flavor of like maybe some jazz in there, but playing to a thrash song. Um, yeah. and, but having those layers in there, it, it was it was one of those where I'm like, I know who he is. I knew when him and Mike Muir went off to do some infectious grooves, their side project, and and from there. So his name, when he popped up as joining Metallic, I knew right away. I'm like, holy crap, you know, I knew him back in 
you know, the suicidal tendency days and uh, whatnot. But right. that's literally only because I had a thing for bass playing and oh, yeah. I needed to know. There were certain bands that I knew who they were that I liked their bass player. Yeah, I don't I don't have this the actual picture, but there's a picture of me, uh, CC, and another guy. And the other guy, he's a left-handed bass. He had a bass, left-handed. And I borrowed somebody's Flying V. All right. Right. We, we, we literally borrowed the school's drum kit, their <laughs> bass amp. Right. And I borrowed a, uh, uh, a guitar, a pedal, and an amp from a, another guy. Right. And we take our first band picture. Right. And I'm holding the guitar. And literally, nine, five minutes after this picture, the parts changed. All right. <laughs> because the, the, this guy that was playing bass, he actually got on the guitar and he would just start shredding. I'm like, uh, you're playing guitar now? Right. I'm going to learn that motherfucker. Right. I'm playing bass. You know, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't mind playing. I mean, yeah, here we go. Groove, you know, backbeat. Right. You know, I'm cool with that. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. But it was just funny because I've, I've got this photo. I, I don't know why I think Kim's got it somewhere now, but it's just funny because like, I literally like five minutes after that, everything changed. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, we didn't obviously we didn't do nothing with it, but it was just one of those things where like that moment I will always remember. And that's the moment where for me, musically, I really started to adjust EQs. Right. You know, take EQ from more treble side and bring up the bass side, yeah. get more of the bass feel, you know, get the grooves and, and listen to what a lot of these bass players were doing. And it also made me go back and listen to like um Cliff Burton. Yeah. And listen, I mean, just a genius that he pulled off on a like okay. Um it's gonna take forever to get that good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, but you know, but again, you know, and then you know, even like today, just listen through a lot of these albums, you know, and listen to the bass group, especially after Rob got in there, it's like Damn, you know, he really did drive that. You know, like you said, you know, it was him who brought the punk in or the funk in, and that's what Mike ended up liking it. And man, you can just feel it in the you know, there's a groove. And when you do have that great bass groove going on in the song, shit changes. It does. It, it, it listen, a, a, a great bass player can can make a band better. Oh yeah. Everyone obviously looks to the lead guitar, the vocals, but a bad bass player could kill a band. Um, so, um, but a good bass player can uh, can really, you know, like I said, he's Rob is playing with Metallica now, yeah. and was chosen out of a lot of heavy hitters that went into from other big time bands to play with Metallica, and he beat them out. And there's a reason oh, for it. Well, hey there, uh, Ro. What's up, Ro? Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking water. DB's drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hope I'll get a mug or a couple of these days. <laughs> I just got, got to know people's gut and answer questions really fast. Well, I did. I did. I did. I, might, I, I, did, I did notice that. I did get tagged. In. I did win. Like, wow. You know, that was just, it was one of those things where I was like, Showing everyone how to do it, not knowing <laughs> for it to, to win, but hey, you know, I'll take it. You know, I'm good. <laughs> you know, but yeah, dude. I mean, it, it was funny. So you know, I mean, I think we we've, we've talked about this, gosh, for over a year now. 
yeah. I want to say over a year about doing an episode of Suicidal. You yeah, know, it's, and, and like I said, it's, it was funny bringing it back because listening to all of them and putting it on a YouTube mix or putting it on a Spotify mix and listening to nothing but it was crazy coming back hearing these songs for the first time in 20 years and me singing right along with them going, wow, you know, like never thought about this song in 20 years, right? but still up there with the lyrics, you know, that's, that shows the time of music. If I know all the, the words to obscure things, cause it was really meaningful. So right. um, to come up with suicidal out of my head going, it amazed me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, and again, you know, like we were talking Today, it's so much easier to listen to music. Mm. You know, I mean, it, I can pop it up on my iPhone, can turn it around, turn it on the Bluetooth and jam it through the stereo system. Yeah. You know, and that's what I did today, um, mainly because, I mean, I knew, like, okay, I can listen to the the record. Right. That's cool. But then all the other stuff I got to listen, I don't have them on CD. I didn't ha- never got them on CD. So it's like, uh, well, thank goodness there is iTunes, Spotify, or whatever, because... I have been screwed trying to do this episode. Right. And then, like I said, listening to stuff I hadn't listened to or forgetting I listened to and forgetting what it sounded like going, wow, I really screwed up. Or getting into, like, the later 90s stuff and going, why did I stop buying them? Why did I stop grabbing people listening to them? You know? But yeah. Right. It's just like crap, you know. I really want to, you know, and that's one thing for me is like, you know, and then Kim finally gets up. I mean, seven o'clock in the morning, I'm jamming freaking suicidal tendency through the stereo system. <laughs> nice. I'm sure, my, I'm sure the neighbors were enjoying it, but Kim's in the back going, <laughs> I'm like, How do you sleep through this shit? Oh, right. man, I know how. I know how you don't go to bed until five o'clock in the morning for playing video games, <laughs> right. <laughs> But, yeah, that was me this morning, blasting in the office, 7 a.m. Right so, on. Right. Guy on. comes in from work and it's an awful kind of loud. Go back out to your truck. This is my time. <laughs> Up until this point, the office, it's jamming. I got two Google Dots that sometimes are going full right. blast. And the neighbor hears me, well, I don't care. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I mean, back in the day, we had to do it. Through our headphones, I mean, surprised where none of us are deaf. Yeah, I'm an adult now. I'm gonna crank this shit. I don't see. I luck out with here. My closest neighbor is about a quarter mile away. At work, closest neighbor, he's a couple hundred yards, maybe about 100, 150 yards. But he's in a stone building with a big solid wood door. He can't hear shit. So, <laughs> hey, hey Kim, just so you know, I was talking about this morning when I was playing suicidal tendencies. You were asleep. <laughs> not right now. You better not be sleeping back there. Maybe. <laughs> I'm awake. What? Yeah, right. She, she knows that I'll probably do something. I'll, I'll go back and make some big loud noise or something to scare the hell out of her. Right. <laughs> We're assholes. Oops. <laughs> I'd say I'm sorry, but kind of not. Not really. No. Not really. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, one thing I was like, I noticed though, like even with iTunes, is they don't have suicide for life now on their on their uh on their on that and i was like well that's interesting hmm. maybe i'm gonna have to maybe go find this cd that's uh what 94 yes 
suicidal for life. Yeah, it was released June 9th, 14th, 1984. And um, some of the lyrics on it, uh, or some of the songs on it, actually. Uh, in the track listing, Invocation. Track number two is Don't Give a Fuck. I'm like, yep, I definitely want to hear this song. Um, no Fucking Problems, track three. Yeah, that, well, they, yeah, that's right. This was the one that, like, the first several songs all had yeah. fucking it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Suicide Psycho, Motherfucker, and Fucked Up Just Right. So, track two through five, we've all got the word fucking it. <laughs> this is, like, this is one of those albums that was, for the time of it coming out, was a thumbs up to, you know, piss off on censorship, piss off on, on silencing oh, yeah. me. This was a huge, I mean, 1994 to come out with an album where three of your top five songs have the word fuck in the title. I mean, you're for the time, dude. It's a it's big. That's a big fu to society, right? <laughs> so, um, right here, what it says in the overview a little bit. By '94, suicidal tendencies had become increasingly weary of their newfound fame, following a massive success of Lights, Camera, and Revolution, and the Art of Rebellion. As a result, with Suicide for Life, the band decided to tone down the accessible aspects of their sound in favor of a more aggressive style than its predecessor. Frontman Mike Muir recalled to Loudwire of this era saying, and I quote, we're not for everybody. We never were supposed to be. We're not supposed to be a big band. We got bigger than we should have been, but unfortunately, not big as other bands are. We'd probably be very unhappy. But I think what we do has meant a lot to other people. And to be able to have an opportunity to go out there and people discover you and still discover you and appreciate what you're doing. You can tell that I believe we're doing it for the right reasons End quote. Yes. That's that punk attitude. That's that is, you know, that we're, we're there. We're not there for you. You know, like if if this isn't you, then move on. You know, we're doing it for that person somewhere that is going to love it. And if not, we love it. And we're going to do it for us. And uh, that that's that punk attitude that uh, that really still holds true with the, their later songs. I really, um, that's that punk roots that everybody talks about making them a crossover uh, band in the thrash. I, I actually read that wrong. I see, I'm like looking at the small print thing. I thought she said my iPod. I'm like, it's up there erased. How's your iPod giving you a problem? <laughs> That's and see that's the problem. Is like nobody sees like this thing is so small and it's far away. I barely catch half the chat. Right. You know. I mean. You know. Obviously, uh, we got Nicole again bringing up Cupid's butt shaft. Yeah, we're that's uh, again not on the used and abused bingo sheet. Uh, yeah. Soon to be added to the uh, used and abused bingo <laughs> sheet. Now, um, probably next to tire compound and penis. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm trying to see if I hear laughing by my ears. Yeah, you got that slight delay into live. I know. <laughs> I know. Tire compound or, or PJ1 <laughs> and uh, tire blankets. Good way to piss right. her off. You always want to know how to piss her <laughs> off. Those are the two ways to do it. Yeah, that's how we're going. Oh, if you want to hear the car start, say, like, just out of the word, like, penis. 
Yep. <laughs> That'll set her off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you don't understand what we're talking about with the PJ one and tire blankets, go check all of our racing our racing shows that we used to do at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, right. That was fun. Speaking of which, yes. what's your uh what's your opinion on Kyle Bush coming out talking about lack of respect? And okay, which is hilarious. Hilarious from the source for where how he came into the sport. But right. That being said, as well as the slight shot at Rusty Wallace, where he was like, Oh, you know, DJ had respect and and this guy had respect and Rusty kind of had it. And this guy had respect. You know, one thing with Kyle, I've definitely learned over the years, and I think a lot of it um, happened after they, him and Samantha were on that one show that they had on, where they were like NASCAR Wise or something or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, on the track, in interviews, he plays the bad guy. He is the consummate heel. You know, go right. through like wrestling terms. Yeah, He is the heel. He will do whatever he can to piss everybody off. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be the heel. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even in his latest comments, he kind of even um, shot down his own ex-teammate, Denny Hamlin. Yeah. You know, telling him, you, know, you, you shut your pie hole. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. You don't go on your own podcast and admit you just took somebody out. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb. But then again, you know, it's like I tell I told Kim, I said, you know what's funny though is, you know, back in the day we had Dale Earnhardt Senior literally say, well, I just meant to rattle his cage. You know, we know you meant to take him out. Come on, right. Dale. What are you stupid? <laughs> right. Who are you talking to? Robin's racing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. And you know, all I like I always say is uh second place is always the first loser. You know, I mean I, I know Dale said that. I know it's also in Talladega Night, so but yeah. No, yeah, Kyle Bush, he's uh he's pushing some buttons. It's interesting. Um I see I've I am a long time long time NASCAR fan. We used to go twice a year at least um to races um at Pocono. I haven't gone in a few years now, but the stages for me I I, I still can't get on board with I really loved what NASCAR was. I mean, people make fun of it, you know, go faster and left. Right. The amount of time, the, the, the effort, the calculations that teams did in order to have a car travel 500 miles, 250 miles, whatever it was, with stopping for gas, there was something to that, that, yes, the stages bring more excitement, excitement to certain aspects of it but the guy that could race his ass off 300 miles 500 miles every week week after week finishing races um not finishing segments uh it meant something and i I really think the stages take away from that a guy can hang back and you know play a game of i'm gonna race shitty for the first two stages barely get in so the third stage i could turn around and win where if you did that for a 500 mile race or 500 lap race you're beat the last 30 laps buddy yeah you're not gonna make that back (laughs) right so i I think that's uh i think that's what changed the whole yeah i mean i don't don't know if i i don't know if you saw this last weekend's uh post i did in our 
in the NASCAR side of uh, the Discord, but I pointed out that me and Kim, we watched the clash at in LA mm-hmm. and then we watched Daytona 500 and we haven't watched anything since. All right. For NASCAR. I'm like, this is like the first year of my life where I don't care about NASCAR. Right. And it feels like shit. It does. <laughs> I mean, now, of course, they just, <laughs> they just mentioned that Jensen Button, uh, former F1 champion, and Kimi mm-hmm. Raikkonen, former F1 champion, will be at the Circuit of America's NASCAR race this coming weekend. I'm like, you right. sons of mothers, you made it, so I have to watch it. And that Gunther Steiner right. is going to be Gunther Steiner is going to be on Fox, helping commentate. And I'm like, do we get an uncensored beat of this guy? Right. Because there's no way he's going to say something that's going to stay censored the whole show. And it's like, really? But, yeah, right. I mean, other than that, the only other race I'm looking forward to is the all-star race at North Wilkesboro. And that is because it's throwback. It's old school track, a track we haven't right. been yet in for years. Right. Other than that, I don't care about NASCAR anymore. Yeah, it's it, it sucks because I mean I as far as memorabilia I have a lot of NASCAR memorabilia. Right. I was a big Earnhardt fan, um, turned into a big Junior fan. Like I said, we went to races. I've got pictures and you know spending a weekend in the the infield of Pocono to be able to be close to everything. To now where I I, I really want to watch it again and I don't give a crap. <laughs> I don't like right. your I don't like your system anymore. I think you broke it. Um, oh, well, and, and, and then and, and if, if, if anything, if there's any truth to what Kyle Bush is saying in, in the, the lack of respect and whatnot is for the fact that teammates don't mean anything anymore. Um, because there are, the, the teammates are cutting their, each other's throats out there oh, yeah. because of the stupid point system and how it works in order to get exciting finishes and exciting you want to set it up so that way they can have a green white checker twice every map, every every race. That's or what more. I think they want to do. Or more. Is, you know, we want we want to try at it with a caution. Who you know, yeah. we'll get all lined up and get it again, and you know, try to piss off like just drive the fucking race. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, stop with the point system. And that's nothing that Danny Hammond brought up too. Also on this week on this podcast was with this new car, the new car that they have now. You can't pass. Right. So they've literally got to, you know, take everyone out to battle. I mean, it's like, well, this isn't what I remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get the restrictor plates. I get well, yeah. um, templates and whatnot. But we've we've aerodynamically hindered cars from being able to do certain things. I mean, just just look at the this last week. I mean, even the announcers thought, Car got he got rear-ended. Kevin Harvick put in the wall. Yeah. They're taking out the top six guys. If you look right. at it, they didn't touch them. Exactly. It's because the way you built these fucking cars, right? And the limitations you put on these cars, a guy with slightly older tires, all you gotta do is just take the wind off of them a tiny little bit. Yep. And it's ruined the whole track. <laughs> Back in our day of watching it, you know, you know, guys when Jeff Gordon or Dylan Hart or those guys won. It was because of the team back in the shop. Yeah. And today these cars are literally, I mean, I hate to say it, but they are the IROC series. Yeah. They're cookie cutters. I mean, the only thing different it seems is the hood is the, you know, the nose cone. 
Kenny, I, I purchased the old time stock car races, dirt track. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's all and, in the outlaws. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. I, TikTok is great. And I follow several people Friday, Saturday, sometimes uh, Sunday. Um, you can get some live dirt track races uh, from people in local, you know, local towns that like we used to have one up the road from us just a couple miles. Um, a good dirt track race with uh, the old stocks, the super stocks, the modifieds. Nice. Um, get the the close to the sprint type cars, um, you know, at least the outlaw side of it. That's uh, that's where racing feels like racing anymore right um exactly. and if you want to go big time when it comes to racing formula has just really become more exciting yeah. um because nascar's technologically advanced to keep cars doing something or keep cars from doing something and formula is finding new and better ways for them to do more um and showcase it so yeah, I mean, you know, the, I mean, like this year, me and Kim haven't been out to our local track yet at all. I mean, we're almost to the point where we take the summer off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because they've gone to this, uh, this lead, you know, the leader out by himself and everyone else behind him files two by two. They call it a European restart. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Give me the side by side of all rows. Right. You know, if there's a caution, everybody lines up side by side. And but the thing is, is, is the car counts down. Mm. You know, and and when you get lower car counts and you're charging fifteen dollars for an adult, and you're yeah. getting, you know, a total of maybe forty cars. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather stay home and maybe catch something on Mad TV or something. Right. Right. Or or, or I'll stay home and. Since it'd be a Saturday night, I'll stay home and watch Scare About, you know, Scare About the Dark or um, Dark Wars or or even Scare of Life. Right, right. You know, I mean, I'd rather be more entertained by them than, than going out there and going, yep, I'm bored. This yeah. isn't good. You know, and and it's sad when promoters, you know, don't know what to do. You know, and unfortunately, yeah, I mean, I always love that old, uh, that old bumper sticker. I had one for the longest time was... Uh, Dirt is for racing. Asphalt's for getting there. Right. <laughs> right. Asphalt is always for getting there. It's not, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. It, I, like, well, I mean, we'll just, you know, throw this out there real quick. You know, most people don't, most people probably don't know. But NASCAR is going to go somewhere this year where they're not even welcome. The right. The city is against them coming. That's insane. And that's Chicago. They're going to hold a Chicago street track, shut down all these roads in Chicago. And Chicago wants nothing to do with it. And Chicago wants nothing to do with it. That's it's like, is. boy, I hope. And, and of course, they're they're Formula One priced. They're, they're like what Formula One's going to be pricing for Vegas. I mean, the Vegas, race, the Vegas race, you can't go to it. As that's a normal, as a, you know, I can go to Austin cheaper than I can Vegas. You know, right. That's disgusting. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's Vegas is closer to me, but I think they're up going to Austin. You know, but anyways, but yeah. Oh man, yeah. But we, this is what we needed, Kim, right here though, because we kept talking PJ one and and tire <laughs> blankets, which actually Ooh. tire blankets go go away next year. Tires get cold. You know, they get cold too. It's like one of those memes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tires have feelings. Tires get crying right? too. <laughs> right. Give them a jacket. I think Nicole uh, Juliet is where Chicago Land used to be the circle track, but they're actually yeah. doing a street track pretty close to down near downtown from understand. And I know the city is pretty much or a lot of people are shooting against it because they're shutting down major roads for this. But anyways. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Racing in there. I mean, it 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 is it's disgusting because I mean, in a way, it's like you know, I understand NASCAR's trying to grow, but why go somewhere where you're not wanted? <laughs> you know, and, and why do you think you need a street circuit? This isn't you're not you're not Formula One, right? I mean, your cars cannot make a ninety degree turn. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you want to go test your cars on a Formula One track? I know you're going to do it at Coda, but how about go down to uh, Saudi Arabia and check that one out? See, see yeah. if your cars can run there, right? And how well it goes. I mean, again, that's not really built for as a as you know. Scratch that. Go to Monaco. Monaco, yeah. Go to Monaco. <laughs> run that track because even that track's now too small for Formula One. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's no passing. It's literally a freight train of cars. It is know. the whole time. Yeah. So, but yeah. But no, I mean, no, it was fun, man. Uh, I had fun tonight. <laughs> Definitely had fun tonight. Absolutely. Um, you know, I like, I'm glad you, you thought up this uh, theme um, and to do this show because like I said, I threw it on and I listened to some songs that I haven't listened to in a long time. Brought me back to a groove thing when music was, you know, was everything. You know, it was involved in everything. I mean, pre-driving, it was me walking around with a Walkman, getting a license. It was as soon as I had money, I sunk it into a kicker box with some 12 inches, right. mid-range tweeters, 1,800 watts worth of power flowing through my S10 pickup, <laughs> you know, with an extended cab that was just the speaker box. I could stand it up and one person could sit in that the little suicide seats back there. Fuck you. I don't want anybody in the back seat. I want my right. speaker box laid down. <laughs> right. Exactly. So no. yeah, it was yeah. a it was a good time to to go back and, and listen. It was a good time of music. Um, exactly. Exactly. Early nineties was was great. I mean, and hell, listen to suicidal, listen to their early stuff going in, and then then listen to some Nirvana. Tell me that yep. They didn't pull some of those those vibes out of bands like that. Yeah. You know, grunge grunge took a huge chunk, I think, from that that punk thrash crossover. Yeah, so, I agree. I good agree to, good time in music, and uh, actually, good. really important time in music for the future of rock and metal. Right, exactly. And man, I mean, we definitely definitely got to get you back on for tomorrow more episodes even with the girls and stuff and then of course you know i mean i don't know i'm sure half our our fan base well half might, might have forgotten but i mean we still have indiana jones on tap right you know yes definitely still, that is gonna happen just so everybody knows that is the other girls show it, it was gonna happen out. and then everything happened oh god right <laughs> but you no, know that's no. life and uh yeah we're like i said uh on to nicole we're uh trying to get to that mo- that that marker where uh, the escape pod jumps back into a weekly gig. Um, we're yeah. looking at that starting again next week. 
Yeah. Um, since, since that time, our adulting yeah. got a little rough. Exactly. Got a little, uh, little sidetracked. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, that's one thing, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that we brought Nicole on board because if there are those nights where, you know, let's say I get sick or something, well, guess what? Kim and Nicole can go. I don't have to be on the show now. You know, right. I, I don't have to go, uh, you know, like, you know, if Kim got sick, you go, uh, hey, uh, Leonard, can you be um, partner with me tonight? You're right. You know, please, pretty please. You know, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love having her on, but you know, I mean, it it's hard to a lot of times do all the last minute this shit, you know, and or you know, I just wonder what's going to happen like in August when we're having monsoon season. And all of a sudden, we're all three on screen, and all of a sudden the power goes out here. And Nicole's by herself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. That was funny. I mean, it was funnier last year. I mean, it was like, boom, we're just literally in the show. And like, like what yep. the fuck happened? Oh, they're gone. Yeah. Hey, Scott, <laughs> when, when you get power again, don't forget to stop the stream. <laughs> YouTube's like, they're still live. I don't know where they are. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And that's why I heard, got back in there. I'm like, uh, by the way, hi, guys. And yeah, if that happens again this year, I'll tell you one thing. I will not be staying in this goddamn house like I did last year. <sighs> I thought I died. Yeah, I thought right. I was going to die because, oh, God, the heat got me. Oh, yeah. Then, you know, it's 120 outside, and then this freaking tin box becomes 150. Yeah. And I'm staying Real indoors the whole time. I'm like, fucking idiot. But anyways, <laughs> man, that was great to have you on again. Let everybody know where they can find you. Hi. Uh, you can find me uh, Wednesday nights. Uh, starting next week, the 31st, I believe it. Yes, 31st, 31st, 29th, uh, 29th, 29th, 29th. Uh, we're coming back. Uh, we're going to start doing a, a weekly show again. ATSW, the escape pod. You can find us on YouTube, uh, all your great uh, podcast listening apps. Um, you can find us there. Me personally, uh, you can find me on Twitter, dragon underscore bud, uh, two Ds. Um, I post uh, some memes. I post some funny things. I retweet a lot of things. Um, hey, TV, when's our Friday nights? Talk to people for some right time. back. What's that? Oh, okay. Friday nights, you can sometimes see me in the Red Five uh, Tavern on YouTube playing Ursh, the Reborn Ranger. Um, we It's weird. We have fun. It can, it can get weird. D&D's like that. Um. And uh, Instagram, dragon underscore buddy. I mentioned before you can find me on TikTok too, dragon buddy. Make TikToks of modern warfare because it's fun. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. My camera's still being stupid. Thank you for sharing the links. All the links are sitting right inside the uh, chat there. Bio.link slash ATSW, the escape pod. It's the best way to find all of the links for all of the escape pod. We are crazy. We have fun. Good God, man. You ever had that moment where you got to go and it's fucking hurting and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got to get the hell out of this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Be right that back. Never, that has never happened to me, but... <laughs> because we did like a pre-show, you know, we did like a Patreon exclusive first. Sitting there for a minute. Yeah, I've been here for a bit. It's like <laughs> I'm just here going, oh fuck. Yep, never mind. I gotta get off. 
No, nah, man, I, I'm happy. I mean, again, like you said, you know, adulting does happen, and you know, we all do this for fun. Yeah, you know, we really absolutely. If, we if we're this, not having fun, no sense doing it. No, nah, I mean, we're doing this for you know, I mean, actually trying to make a a payday out of it. I think I think a lot of us would not be happy about this job. <laughs> yeah, you know, it would do more work than than it does, but. When it boils down to it, man, I mean, I'm glad you guys are coming back to Weekly Trouble. I mean, there are those Wednesdays where I'm going, the fuck? What is supposed to go on tonight? I'm missing something here. Oh, yeah, the escape pod. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Yeah. Until next week. Yep, and then you got to listen to Sidebar on Mondays, just like, oh, they're taking another week off. You know, listen, Sidebar. We're just trying for more quality over quantity. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like okay, but you know, at least they're they're giving everybody a warning. Hey, we're gonna take this time. We're gonna come back do every other week instead of like all of a sudden there's that post. Uh, sorry, you know, or we've done it too, where we're like, yeah, sorry, we're not gonna go live tonight because yeah, up. and it it really you know, and then and then you spend the rest of the week going, fuck, I missed the show. Right. You know, or, or it's like, why did that have to come up? Why couldn't we have the show? And then, then you get to the next week, and you're like, oh yeah, let's go. We're ready to rock. But no, nah, man, it's always fun having you on. You yeah, definitely got to get. I mean, I've, I mean, I've had Brady on, I've had you on. I, I get Don on here. Yeah, you do. But I mean, you, I mean, tell him you're going to do a show on Blue October. I, you know, that's the funny part is that is actually when I get ready to do that doing an episode about Blue October that he's the one I'm reaching out to. You have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he's, he's I a specialist he, on that. Right. Well, I mean, one of his early, um, back when we were just an audio podcast, he said, you guys ever do it? You guys got to do a, a, sh- a show about Blue October. I've not forgotten it. Right. <laughs> the fact that, you know, we're, you know, we're getting what, what I think is like 194. 193, we have 184, and we're six episodes away from episode 200. Right. Who would have ever thought when I started this sucker, I'd be on, be doing 200 episodes, you know? And it's like, I still remember that. I'm like, that will always be like, I got to reach out, you know, figure out when to do it and then reach out and say, okay, when can you, when can you do it? You know, even if it's got to be a pre-record, because the nice part is, is, even though I know, StreamYard, if you run it off of the StreamYard, you can only do an hour. But if I record a two-hour show, two-and-a-half-hour show, we can always uh, just pop it up into YouTube as premiere. Yeah, absolutely. And just go to an hour, a two-hour show. You know, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we definitely we got to definitely got to talk about some more uh, music. And I mean, it was, I mean, when we kind of all met each other in the sidebar. And we were shooting around different bands. And like, whoa, hey, this guy, this TV guy, like some shit. Whoa, hey, wait right. a minute. You know, like, <laughs> wow, another, a brother hey. from another mother right on. Right. You know, here's this guy across the other. You know, know you. I'm on this side. He's on that side. And like, whoa, we listen to a lot of the same bands. Like, right. Hey, cool. You know, and yeah. again, I mean, you know, but yeah, it's always a blast to have you on. Of course, the girls are always a blast to have on. They love right. giving me shit all the time. That's um, their job, I think. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, um, I'm thinking next week I might let them have the show all to themselves. Mainly because they're going to talk about New Kids on the Block. Ah, 
I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I, I do like new kids. My problem is like when I hear, like I hear the openings beginning to the right stuff. Now I think of weird Al. <laughs> the oh, white oh, stuff oh, in the oh, middle oh, of an Ari. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, yep. I can only hear that version. I cannot hear the original version. Yeah, but, that's, yeah. That's, that's why Weird Al is a national Weird treasure. Al. Oh, right. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Oh, I wish he. I wish he'd come back and do more albums again. Right. I miss him. Yeah, he but, was the benchmark for everyone. If he if he was making fun of your stuff, you were famous. Well, Kurt Cobain, he literally said it. When Weird Al wanted to do Smells Like Teen Spirit, I knew we made it. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, you got guys like Coolio going, how dare you? And here's Kurt going, we made it. Weird Al wants to do us. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you got parody by Weird Al, you were big. You yeah. were good. You know, but... Anyways, man, it's always great having you on. I enjoy it all the time. Regardless, even if we were just, even if we just got together and didn't record, do like a stream yard freaking get together. I'd, that'd be blasting. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, but yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, send you backstage. Stay, hang back right. there and I'll chat with you. Thanks for coming on. And thanks for uh, having me. Oh, you're welcome. And again, make sure you guys are going and checking out ATSW Escape Pod. Again, one more week before they're back to a regular hopefully weekly schedule if not it's still even bi-weekly they have a lot of back catalog (laughs) they have a lot of back catalog you can get caught up yeah all right well all right all right guys this has been a fun exciting episode this is one of many bands that i know me and db could talk about and we can have a wonderful chat. But until next week when it either can be our girls night or it's going to be me involved when we're back with the next episode of our March Music Madness will be New Kids on the Block. And uh, until then, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Of course, Scott's never ready. We know this. Be kind to everyone. And I got two things in my hands. Jeez Louise. Peace. Good night, everybody. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network